What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 266. This is episode 266 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their support. I know how I do the introduction. I always got to give my thanks. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, This episode here, uh, I thought about calling it the Ladies Edition Part 2 because every segment on here was going to revolve around the ladies, whether it's uh, WNBA talk, uh, a separate thing for Sue Bird, a very interesting topic that I wanted to get into and elaborate on on this episode with Serena Williams announcing that you know soon she would be done with tennis I want to speak on that but then you know a couple of other things came to mind you know KD being diva you know his ultimatum that he gave um Nets owner I want to speak on that and of course you know my Yankees you know we've been acting up lately a lot 
lately a lot you know what i'm saying so i also want to speak on that too so i can't call it the ladies edition part two because again all those other segments i want to speak on but the first thing i want to talk about is i'm gonna shed light on the ladies first and i think it's only right that i shed light on in my opinion in my honest opinion the greatest female athlete in the history of sports this is my opinion this is nobody else's opinion nobody's put a gun to my head and said this or anything like that this is my honest opinion i truly believe that this woman is the greatest female athlete on god's green earth if you don't know who i'm talking about i am talking about the one and only serena williams it is being reported it is being reported that serena williams has well i'm basically paraphrasing she was basically on the cover she basically was on the cover of the vogue magazine and inside the magazine basically kind of indicated that tennis may be on the back burner soon as far as um stepping away evolving she says she says she doesn't like to use the word retirement she doesn't like to use the word retire so she doesn't want to she she doesn't want to say that word she she she, she doesn't want to use the word retire i get that i respect that you know what i mean like i'm not, i'm not going to sit here and you know disparage her on using that word if she doesn't want to use the word she doesn't want to use it but uh yes she has let she has let it be known that she is on the verge of hanging it up she said there comes a time in life when we have to decide to move in a different direction that time is always hard when you love something so much my good my goodness do i enjoy tennis but now the countdown has begun i would like to think that thanks to opportunities thanks to opportunities afforded to me women athletes feel that they can be themselves on the court they can play with aggression and pump their fists they can be strong yet beautiful there is no happiness in this topic for me I know it's not the usual thing to say, but I feel a great deal of pain. It's the hardest thing that I could ever imagine. I woke up to this, today is Wednesday. I believe it was yesterday morning. I woke up, listen, my TV is on ESPN when I wake up in the morning. You know, I have it, pro I have it programmed that way, you know. During the night, I might be watching Martin. I might be watching a rerun of Family Matters. But listen, when I wake up in that morning, which is early, because I'm an early bird, like, I work the evening shift, but my ass is up 
6, 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock the latest. I don't understand why, but that's neither here nor there. But the channel is on ESPN. And I woke up and it was breaking news that says Serena Williams plans to retire soon. When I saw that, I said to myself, for me, in my honest opinion, it's been time. It's been time. I have been glossing with this opinion, I want to say, since last year when she got hurt in her first round Wimbledon match. When I saw that and saw how long it took for her to get up off the court and the emotion that she had in her face. Now, of course, the fans, you know, they love Serena now. <laughs> you know, but there was a time where they didn't love Serena. But now, when you know, when she get there in age, you know, everybody loves Serena now. Everybody does. The emotion that poured out of her face let me know that it may be time for her to hang it up. It just might be. But, again, like she said, you know, in this quote, you know... It's a difficult thing to do. It is a very, it's a very, it's a very difficult thing to do when it's something that you love. But I think for some time she, I, 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 listen for me, I think probably about a good two years for me as a fan watching from afar. I was for two years. I was saying that maybe it was time for her to hang it up. Maybe it was. Because I, 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 I was just with the belief that she could be she could be on these courts winning matches. But as far as winning a major, them days is over. And I had to come I had to come to grips with that. Now again, I am a diehard Serena Williams fan. And Venus too. Let me not even let, let me not even gloss over her. They're the reason why I watch tennis. Let's just call it what it is. They are the reason on why I watch tennis the way I do. See, before, back in the day, when they, when they wasn't even thought of, yeah, I knew of the Pete Sampras. I knew of the Andre Agassiz. I knew of the Steffi Grafs. I knew of the Monica Sellises. But I didn't watch tennis. I've heard of them. I might have flipped the channel and watched it here and there. But I damn sure wasn't I damn sure wasn't watching it at the rate that I'm watching it now, and the reason why I'm doing that is because of those two girls from Compton, California. It's because of them that I watch tennis the way I do. So, following their career the way I have, watching from afar, their ups, their downs, their wins, their losses. Obviously, now when it comes to Serena, because she's more active than Venus. For quite some time, I was with the mindset that, yeah, Serena just might be done winning majors. Because let's be real. For five years now, we've been waiting for her to break this record. She has 23 total major titles. I believe she's won short of the record. Well, one, I think she's... Tied for the record, and then I think she's one short of the record. One of the two. 
we've been waiting for five we've been waiting for five years for her to break this record serena has not won a major since 2017 and i remember it vividly because she beat her sister venus in the finals i believe it was the australian open if i'm not mistaken and it just so happened she was very early with child when she won that match since the birth of her daughter, she has not won a major. Now, I'm not saying it's because of her baby girl, but, you know, for five years now, she hasn't won. You know what I'm saying? She's gotten close. I believe she was in the finals not too long ago in the Wimbledon. I think she lost to Simona Halep. She lost to Naomi Osaka, I believe, in a Australia Open, if I'm not mistaken. I know she lost to... Bianca, I cannot pronounce her name. She's from Canada. She lost to her in a final in the U.S. Open. She lost to Naomi Osaka in a U.S. Open. That was the controversial match that happened a few years ago. So she's lost to Naomi twice in final matches. It got to the point where I said to myself, she's done winning majors. She's just done. She's getting so close, but she can't get to the finish line. Do I believe she can still play? Absolutely, I think she can still play. But again, she's 40 now. She'll be 40, I think she'll be 41 the 25th of September. A day before my big brother. Shout out to Hollywood. Again, there just comes a time when it's time for you to hang it up. And I think that's just the case right now with Serena. And listen, for me... As a fan, I was thinking that maybe she is not ready to hang it up because she's not ready to pass the torch yet. But now when you got a lot of these young players now, and I'm about to name them in a few. Y'all know which two I'm mainly talking about. Tennis is in good hands, especially for the women. It's in great hands. You know what I'm saying? Now... We all know Serena is the GOAT of tennis. We are a female tennis. Now, some, you know, some is going to go with the Roger Federer's of the world. Some is going to go with Rafael Nadal. Some is going to go with Djokovic. And I respect that. But for me, the GOAT is Serena. Male or female. I will argue that with anybody. I think the GOAT of tennis is Serena. Male or female. Because of the upbringing. Because of the struggle. Because of the backlash that she had to go through. Because let's be real. They did not want them Williams sisters to be a part of tennis. Let's just call it what it is. They did not want them to be a part of tennis. And the best way they was able to defuse those haters was win. And they won. Very much. Very much. They won a lot. I believe, I think in a four-year span at the Wimbledon, I think it was like a four-year period where the tournament was won by either Venus or Serena for four years straight. I don't know the exact years or whatever, but I think Venus might have won two, Serena might have won two. Or Venus might have won one, Serena might have won three. But for four years straight in the Wimbledon, I don't know the exact year, the Williams sisters walked out of their Wimbledon champion. From her being the most dominant 
female tennis player that I can think of. This woman was ranked number one, I think, for like 300-something weeks straight. You know how hard that is to be, like, ranked number one for that many goddamn weeks? Like, that shit is crazy if you think about it. 300-plus weeks, and you will rank the number one tennis player in the world in females. That's crazy. That's insane when you think about it. When you process that shit. Trendsetter. We cannot forget that. The outfits that she came out with when she played. Now, yes, of course, there was some controversy. But we know why it was the controversy. Because of that booty of hers. Natural, I might add. They never seen anything like that. So jaws dropped when they saw, you know, Serena's backside. She basically was give, she basically was exposing what her mother gave her. It's not her fault that her physique was top shelf. It's not her fault. You know what I'm saying? The outfits that she wore. I I I think I I I wrote down a couple of my favorites, if you might add, <laughs> if you if you don't mind. She had like a cat cat outfit. This was a while ago, a while ago, a while ago. The ones that she definitely wear as of late. Okay. I believe it was the U.S. Open. This was years ago. I think it was a je- I think it was a jean outfit. Like a jean like like a jeans outfit that she had on. Whew, Lord have mercy. Lord, Lord have mercy. Mm. <laughs> stay focused, D. Stay focused. Stay focused. Now, of course, with Serena, it came with some controversy as well. You know, there was rumors that her and Venus fixed some of their matches when they played each other that was that was listen i was outside for that shit like like that i i i was very much outside for that when those rumors were circulating that they were basically fixing their matches like okay you you're gonna win this time you're gonna win this time i'm gonna lose this time yada 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 you know shit like that Obviously, the well, I don't really call it a rivalry with Maria Sharapova. They try, they tried to make it into a rivalry, but let's keep it funky. It wasn't a rivalry. It can't be a rivalry when you dog walk the person and match up numbers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, so Serena dog walks her as far as wins and losses. So. You know, for me, I, I don't understand how, you know, it, it was a rivalry because it's nowhere near it. You know, they tried to, you know, she was the second ranked tennis player or the second most popular female tennis player. But we know why. Because of her looks. Because the damn sure wasn't her game. It wasn't her game. She was all right, but she was not real. Shout out to Hove. Um... Again, like I said, you know, there were some matches where she had, you know, disputes with, you know, umpires, 
You know, we all remember the 2018 one with Naomi Osaka, like I just said uh, earlier or whatever. I remember that vividly. I remember that so, so vividly because it wasn't Serena's fault, but it did take away from the accomplishment from Naomi Osaka from of her winning her first major. And then on top of that, for her to beat her idol, you know. So, yeah. Success comes with controversy. And Serena has a bunch of it, but at the end of the day, it does not take away from the fact of how great she was. It's like I just said, I think she's the most... I think she is the greatest female athlete on God's green earth. I'll tell y'all right now, she is in my all-time list of favorite athletes, male and female. She's in my top five. In fact, I'll say she's number two behind Jordan. Yep. That's how dominant she's been in her sport. Now, as far as the people who've started to play tennis because of her. Naomi Osaka has, has voiced her opinion plenty of times. Serena is the reason why she plays tennis. Coco Goff always gives her roses to the Williams sisters. Always. I mean, Naomi Osaka, I mean, she said Serena, but you got to say both of them. Because they go... They, 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 you know, it, it comes hand in hand. Venus was first. Richard even said it. He was like, Venus is Venus is gonna be great. He said, but that young one, he said, he said, Serena, she gonna be the one. Go watch the movie. I know it's a movie and all, but still. He he said it. He said, he said, Venus is gonna be great. But Serena gonna be the one. Did he lie? <laughs> did, did he lie he didn't lie man he did not lie at all he didn't lie so shout out to Richard Williams for knowing the deal you know what I mean but uh again with her retiring soon if I had like if I if I had to guess I would think that she will come outside one more time for the US Open I truly believe that she is going to come back outside for that. I believe that will be her last tournament. And I think it's fitting. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think, I think it's fitting. We all know that tennis has four majors, right? We have Wimbledon. We have U.S. Open. We have Australian Open. And we have French Open. The U.S. Open is the last major. Now, Wimbledon may be the biggest one as far as, um, I guess you could say the U.S. Open is the WrestleMania to, you know, tennis. But U.S. Open is the big one. And it's in the Mecca too, New York. So I think in my opinion, this is just me. This is not anything that I've read. I think that Serena will make her final, final appearance in the U.S. Open. 
Now, how she will do, only time will tell. If she can somehow come to that U.S. Open, have an impressive, oppressive, you know, journey, get to the semifinals, hell, get to the finals, let alone win that shit. That will be the that will be the way that you go out. You go out with a major. Because I'm definitely rooting for her. Definitely. Definitely. So, only time will tell. But she has, like I said, announced that she will be hanging it up soon. And I think that it's definitely going to be at the end of the year. I definitely believe that this U.S. Open that's coming up. This, this month, actually, I think it starts. I think this will be her grand finale and i think this is where she will leave the game again the game is in great hands great 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 hands coco golf who's very who's emerged i believe she's in the top 20 now if i'm not mistaken naomi osaka is trying to come back from her countless injuries and mental health issues. I'm sure she will be outside for the U.S. Open. I know Coco will be outside. You still got Sloane Stevens. You still got Madison Keys. Uh, Simona Halep. Hopefully I'm saying her name right. She gave Serena her roses. Um, so the future of tennis is bright. So if Serena was reluctant to leave because of the game being passed down to the right person, she ain't got to worry about that. That is under control right now. The game is in the right hands right now. It is. It's in the great hands right now. So, Serena, I just want to say thank you uh, for your many years of playing tennis. I want to thank you for whooping ass. I want to thank you for your outfits. I want to thank you for being a trendsetter. I want to thank you for persevering through all the hate that came your way. You and Venus. I can't say it enough. Yes, it's about you, but damn it, Venus is going to get her love as well. So thank both of y'all. Both of y'all, for that matter. And, you know, catch you on the other side, you know. On the other side of this tennis thing. Okay. Now that we got that out the way. WNBA talk. Okay. Just this past weekend. Sue Bird had played her final game. Home game. Let me say home game. Because Seattle was definitely going to the playoffs. So. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, this season is over. No, 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 no. She played her last home game in Seattle. They lost to the Aces 89-80. to It was a very dope game. Very competitive game. Very competitive. Um, I mean, the Aces was lighting their ass up, but then the Storm, doing what they do, came back. In fact, that was the most, I mean, the arena is, you know, is in its first year. They set a record already for ticket sales for that game because it was Sue Bird's last home game. I believe 18 and 19,000 people 
was in the building for that shit, or to see Sue Bird. I, I seen a video, a lady came from Ireland. That's in Europe. She came all the way from Ireland just to see Sue Bird's last game. So, seeing that made me think. It made me think, right? You know how everybody talks about this Mount Rushmore shit? Oh, who's on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA? Who's the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop? Who's the Mount Rushmore of this? Who's the Mount Rushmore of that? I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in the crib watching the game. And I said to myself, where would Sue Bird rank in the history of Seattle sports? Would she make the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports? Now, listen. For somebody that has been watching sports since I was a kid, I do have a sense of I do have a sense of knowledge of athletes who played in Seattle. We got Lauren Jackson, who was Sue Bird's teammate. I totally forgot about her. I believe she won two championships. I believe she won three WNBA MVPs. She deserves some recognition as well. Sue Bird, obviously, right? Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Ken Griffey. I mean, do you want to throw A-Rod in there? Ichiro, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman. Like, there's so many names that you can think of when it comes to Seattle athletes that deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. So what I did was, I said, you know what? I'm going to raise this question. Shout out to one of the queens of this podcast game. Mel from Girl Chat Sports. Because she actually agreed with me. I went on a limb. I went on a limb and said that, yes, Sue Bird is on the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. Now, I don't care where you put her. I don't care where you put her, but she's on there. Now, I know some people may, oh, like some people going to gloss over because it's WNBA. Me, that shit don't mean nothing to me. That don't mean a damn thing to me. She's number one in Seattle Storm history, right? She brought four championships to that city, right? Four championships to that city. She is heavily regarded as the greatest point guard in WNBA history. That has to count for something. Five-time Olympic gold medalist. Right? No, she did not win no season MVPs. She didn't do that. She did not do that. She did not win no MVP awards. But I don't care. I don't care. Now, her numbers this year ain't nothing to be snoozing at. Eight points a game, six assists, that don't mean much. 
I don't think she deserves to be an all-star, but I think being that it was her last year, they wanted to give her that send-off. Shout out to Sylvia Fowles as well. Because, you know, everybody talking about Sue Bird retiring. Let's not forget, Sylvia Fowles is also retiring too. She was she great in her own way as well. It ain't just about Sue Bird. Sylvia Fowles was dope as well. Let's just keep it 100 there, right? But let's stay on topic. 13-time All-Star. All-time assist leader in WNBA history. She is on the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. Now, obviously, when it comes to these things, you got to make your statement, and now you got to ask yourself, who else would be up there with her? That's the hard part. And, man, when I got to that list, because I had this shit written down. Whoo! That shit was hard. I'm not even going to lie. Because I, what I tried to do was I tried to be mindful. The NBA, you had two players from the NBA that could be on that Mount Rushmore. Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. I'm not putting both of them up there. I might put one, but both of y'all are not going up there. Okay? NFL, I mentioned three players that can go up there. I'm not putting all three of them up there. Right? Baseball, listen, Randy Johnson's name was thrown around, even though I'm not put, even though I'm not thinking of him. Steve Largent, listen, I'm I'm thinking of names that I grew up watching. Didn't grow up watching him. He wouldn't be on Mount Seattle Mount Rushmore anyway. So you had Griffey, Ichiro, Randy Johnson. That's three players from the Mariners. I'm not putting all three of them on that Mount Rushmore. So what I tried to do was I tried to I tried to put one athlete from each of their respective sports. And I'm not going to hold you. This shit was tough as hell. It was. But here's my Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. Whew. Whew. I need y'all to bear with me. I need y'all to bear with me because this was not easy by any stretch of the imagination. This was not easy at all. Sue Bird is up there, right? Okay. Whew, man. I'm going with, oh, man. Listen, the, listen, the MLB one was tough. The MLB one was tough because it was a toss-up between Ichiro and Ken Griffey Jr., okay? For those of y'all that don't know, Ken Griffey is my second best. Ken Griffey is my second favorite baseball player of all time. Y'all should know who's first. I'm not even going to say it. If y'all really know, if y'all know me like y'all say y'all do, y'all would know who that is, okay? Griffey is my second favorite baseball player of all time. Had it not been for his injuries, he might have been number one. Had it not been for his injuries, I truly believe he will be the home run king, the all-time home run king, not Barry Bonds. 
Listen, Ichiro was nothing to be fucked with. Okay? And I want to say this respectfully to him. We didn't see nobody hit like this since the late, great Tony Gwynn. The man won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. All of those things. Very... He's accomplished, right? Gold gloves, silver slug awards, all that shit, right? Oh, my God. I had to go with Griffey. The biased in me had to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Respectfully, Ishiro, respectfully. And you played with my Yankees in your later years. And I thank you for that. But I went with Griffey. I went with Beast Mode. When you think of Seattle Seahawks, okay, that touchdown run that he did against the Saints, where he damn near bum-rushed every Defender ran them over, stiff armed them, got in the end zone for the touchdown. That is iconic when it comes to the city of Seattle. He is beloved in the city of Seattle. Now, yes, he's from Oaktown, but Seattle obviously is his second home. Now, yeah, he's going through some legal issues right now because I think he just got arrested for a DUI. That has nothing to do with what he did on that gridiron. Okay? I still haven't gotten over the fact how Seattle did not give him that ball at the one-yard line. Believe me, I'm thankful they didn't because that gave Tom Brady another ring, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't want to put Russell Wilson because, let's keep it tall, when we thought of the Seahawks championship, right, when you thought of the Seahawks' success, especially at that time when they were in their peak, a lot of people were saying it wasn't about, it wasn't because of Russell Wilson. They were saying it was because of the run game and it was because of that defense, which was the Legion of Boom, which was Sherm, Chancellor, Earl Thomas, you know, those guys. Michael Bennett, you know, Wagner, Wright, those dudes. It was never Russell Wilson. So, okay, he's in the conversation, but I wasn't putting him on the Mount Rushmore of Seattle. So that goes to Beast Mode. And now we get to the last name. <sighs> I am torn between Gary Payton and Ichiro. I am so torn between both of them. Amazing name. Uh, uh, listen, amazing choices. Amazing choices. The Glove won Defensive Player of the Year in 96. Top 10 point guard of all time. Won a championship in Miami. Didn't win in the Seattle. Again, I just said, you know, I, I just gave credence to what Ichiro has done. Right? Oh, my God. This shit was hard. I know I said that I didn't want to put 
two athletes from the same sport on here, but I just have to. I just have to. So my Mount Rushmore of Seattle will be Sue Bird, Ken Griffey Jr., Beast Mode, and Ichiro. Those are my four members of the Seattle Mount Rushmore as it pertains to sports. So yes, for me, Sue Bird definitely makes the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. Just look at the accolades. Just look at the accolades. She's up there. She's up there. What she's done for the city as well. She's up there. Seattle needs to have another basketball team. So remember when the Supersonics was in Seattle, they didn't bring a championship there. Okay, they might have earlier in the earlier in years before I was born. But since 1985, they didn't bring one. They went to the championship one year, and they lost to the guard, Jordan. Six games. It took for Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson to pair up for the Seattle Storm to bring in some championships in the, in the city of Seattle. Because not for nothing, if, you, if, if, if you're going to keep it a beam, the Mariners never won nothing. The Seahawks didn't win nothing until 2013. So the only championship that came to the city of Seattle was because of them ladies in the WNBA. And who was the anchor of that? That would be Osu Bird. So yes, she is on the Mount Rushmore of Seattle sports. There you have it. In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's the bottom line, because Dre Day said so. Okay. Let's get to this diva-ass nigga, Kevin Durant. Right now, I have a love-hate relationship with Kevin Durant. It's right back to what he did when he went to Golden State. There's no need to go back in time on what he did. Obviously, we all know he was up 3-1 against the Warriors. He lost to them in the conference finals. And then he joined them. And yeah, like, 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 we get all that. Okay. There's no need to keep <coughs> entertaining that. Okay. But I'm not liking how he gave Nets owner Joe. The Nets owner, an ultimatum. He basically said, it's either me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Somebody's got to go. He requested a trade June 30th. Now, obviously, there have been so many teams that they said that this dude could wind up going to. The last team they said lately was Boston. I think Brooklyn wanted Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I think Marcus Smart, and draft picks. But Boston didn't want that. They were willing to give up Jalen Brown, one of the Williams boys, Marcus Smart, and draft picks. To the point where Jalen Brown got pissed off with that. My whole thing is this. 
Kevin Durant, you are acting like a diva ass nigga. Okay? This is your doing. And I mean, and I'm talking about your doing as in you came to the Brooklyn Nets because you wanted a fresh start. Okay? You left OKC to go to Golden State. Okay, you won your two championships there. You left Golden State because you already knew off the top of your head you was never going to get the love and recognition that Steph Curry gets in Golden State. He understood that. So what does he do? He wants to leave Golden State. He gets his two rings. Should have been three. Should have been three if you ask me. But he didn't. He leaves Golden State. He goes to Brooklyn. He pairs up with Kyrie Irving. The first year, he doesn't play. He's rehabbing. He gets his money, but he also rehabs. Okay. The next year, they make the playoffs. They lose to Milwaukee in seven games. Now, as much as everybody want to gloss over his performance in that series... The numbers he put up, all of that. Okay, that's fine. But did they win the series? No. So them numbers, that shit don't mean nothing to me. Because at the end of the day, did you get the job done? No, you didn't. You went home, Milwaukee didn't, they won the championship. We now fast forward to this year. Now, obviously, we know the main reason why Brooklyn did not succeed at the potential that they were supposed to. And that was because of Kyrie. Because of not taking the vaccination and all that other shit. Cool. But for you to want to flake out on Brooklyn, when you chose to come here. Now, mind you, this dude got four years left on his contract. He still has four years left on that deal. Four years. Now, if it was two years or one year, okay, I get it. But four years and you asking for a trade? So that's what you do? When shit get tough? You want to bounce up out of here? I mean, let's be real. You asked for Steve Nash. Remember, you and Kyrie was like, we don't need no coach. But now, all of a sudden, since shit's not panning out in Brooklyn, now you want to give an ultimatum like, yo, okay, it's either me or them. One of us got to go. If you want me to stay, you gotta get rid. You gotta get rid of Sean Marks and Nash. Now, me and my honest opinion, for y'all that's been paying attention, I was never a Steve fan, Steve Nash fan. Wasn't a fan of his as a player, and I damn sure ain't a fan of his as a coach. He shouldn't have got the job to begin with. But see, the reason why he got the job was because when you have a superstar talent like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they don't have to listen to you. You could just stand on that sideline and pretend that you're coaching, which is exactly what it is that he's doing anyway. He's on that sidelines looking like he's doing something, but he ain't really doing nothing. He ain't doing shit. He ain't doing nothing. So that's why they chose him as a coach. They couldn't have pulled that off with Phil Jackson. They couldn't have pulled that off with Coach Pop. They couldn't pull that off with Larry Brown or Mark Jackson. They couldn't do that. They needed a coach there that they sh that they have no respect for. And Dingo, there you have it. They don't have no respect for Steve Nash. But this is your bed. You made it, so now you got to lay in it. 
Don't try to back out now when shit get tough. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You might, as well, you might as well stick around for this shit. You might as well you, you might as well see this shit through. That's just my opinion. But of course, you know, he wants to get traded. And then it just so happens he wants to... His top, his top teams was Phoenix, Miami. Just so happens those were the two teams that was the top teams in the West. So he's basically doing what he tried to do with Golden State. He wants to go to a stacked team. Come on, KD. Come on. But I'll say this, though. All these talks about he's better than LeBron, we need to put that to rest right now. Tuck it under the, tuck it under the covers. Tuck it in tight. Get a shovel. Bury it in the ground six feet deep. In fact, make it, make it two more feet. Kevin Durant's not better than LeBron James. Is he a better shooter? Absolutely. Is he a better scorer? Absolutely. Is he a better player? No, he's not. Is he a better leader? No, he's not. Now, yeah, there have been some questions about LeBron's leadership. But guess what? LeBron has never asked for a trade. LeBron has fully complied with every contract that he's had in the NBA. Whenever he left, it was because he was a free agent. He never asked for a trade. Never. Crazy. But I'm eager to see how this shit is going to unravel like the rest of y'all. I'm quite sure we all sitting around waiting to see how this shit is going to unravel. So it is what it is. But like I said, he's a diva. He's a diva-ass nigga, and that's, and that's never going to change. And quite frankly, right now, the level of respect that I did have for KD, it's... It's it's slimmering down right now. I'm not even going to hold you. Because of the way he's carrying himself. It's nasty work. Nasty work. Nasty work. But, uh... My Yankees, man. They are irking my nerves. They are irking my soul. It was one time we had the best record in baseball. At one time. Since the All-Star break. We have played 19 games. Since the All-Star break. Which was in middle of July. Today is what? August 10th? We are 7-12. and 12 In 19 games. We have an ERA of over 436. Our bullpen has been treacherous. I can't even count how many games as of late we've lost because of our bullpen. Our batting average with runners in scoring position, 224. That's 27th in baseball currently and I don't even want to get over what happened yesterday's game with Seattle 
we had, I believe, two innings back to back where we had runners and score because the way the baseball, the, the, the way the extra innings is set up now, as soon as the innings start, it's a runner already on second. Two innings straight. I believe it's I believe it was two innings. Either two or three innings straight. We had a lead runner on second. And because of bonehead base running, we got caught in double plays two or three straight times. To the point I was cursing up a storm in my house. I am disgusted right now as a Yankee fan. Now, I know some of y'all out there like, yo, yo, y'all still going to make the playoffs. Y'all still, still a top team, you know, in the American League, yada, yada, yada. That shit don't mean a damn thing to me. Because I look at it like this. If we're fucking up like this now, and this is the wrong time to fuck up. The wrong time. Do y'all know who we got coming down the pipe? Right now, we're currently playing Seattle, right? Let me tell you what our losses was just recently, okay? We came back from All-Star break, right? We got swept by the Astros. Double-headed game. We got swept by them, right? We got swept by the Mets. Two games. If I'm not mistaken, we played them in two games. Got swept, right? We just got swept by the Cardinals. I know my girls in St. Louis from what do women know sports. I know they're enjoying that they swept my Yankees, right? We lost... Well, no, 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 no. We won three out of four to the Kansas to the Kansas City Royals. We split, but we won the tiebreaker with the Orioles. And then now with Seattle, we're on the verge right now. Top of the seventh, we're down one zip. We are on the verge of possibly losing to them in this series. Two out of three. Okay? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Okay. And I'm not even... I'm not even, I didn't even forget. We played Seattle in our house earlier this season. I mean, earlier this month. Where we lost two out of three. We lost two out of three to them. Then we went on the road, got swept by the Cardinals, and now we're in Seattle right now on the verge of possibly losing that two out of three. But guess what we got next? We got a four we got a three game series with the Red Sox. Then we got Tampa. 
Then we got the Blue Jays. And then guess who we got after that? Two games against the Mets. This season is far from over. Far from over. We currently right now have a 10.5 game lead for the AL East. That lead is not safe. That lead is not safe at all. Division rivals, that shit can go. Y'all know how this goes. That shit can go either way because they know you so well. You play your division rival, I think, 18, 19 times during the season. And guess what? We got Boston coming up. We got Tampa coming up. And we got the Blue Jays coming up. Teams that we've actually struggled with this season. So we're going to see. We're going to see. I know we, listen, I know that we made some moves for the trade deadline. I know we made some moves. Judge is the MVP right now. I get all of that. But the Yankees better get it together. Because not only could they not win the division, they could fuck around and not make the playoffs. And that right there will be one of the biggest collapse, if not the biggest collapse, that I can remember in baseball history. And if that was to happen, you best believe it's going to be some changes in the Bronx. Real talk. They better get it together, man. They better get it, get it together. It is a responsibility when you put on them pinstripes. I think people need to understand that. This is not the 98 Yankees. I wish people would stop trying to compare them. Because that's exactly what they was trying to do when we had the best record in baseball. They was trying to compare the two years. You can't do that. Oh, man. Listen, they better get it together, man. That's all I that's that's all I that's all I gotta say. They better get it together. They better get it together, or they're gonna find themselves a wild card team and probably getting bumped in the first round. Cause again, this division lead is not safe at all. Ten games, that shit don't mean nothing. That's that like that's light. Cause all it takes is for you to go on a crazy losing streak and for Tampa and Toronto to start creeping. That shit adds up. So this lead is far from safe. Far from safe. Yankees better get it together. I want my championship parade at the end of October. Going into November. I want my championship parade. I want to see another Yankees championship in my lifetime, damn it. But anyway, that's it. I'm done. I think I've spoken enough a little under an hour which is what i wanted i want to thank everybody for their support as usual keep it going keep it flowing uh listen man y'all know where y'all can find your boy i am on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. download that anchor app your boy is on there as well itunes Y'all can check your boy out on Facebook, Dre Day. The podcast is, you know, is in my bios on Instagram, Dre Day nineteen eighty five, or Sportsman with Dre Day podcast, or Twitter, Dre Day nineteen eighty five. 
So once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I cannot express this enough. I need y'all to be safe out there in these streets. It is wicked out here. Wicked, 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 wicked is a mug. I need y'all to really pay attention to your surroundings. God bless y'all. Stay safe. Be safe. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? This your man, Dre Day. Listen, man. Y'all know I like to do this bonus stuff, you know, at the end of the episode. You know, when I drop these episodes, I drop these episodes probably two or three days after I previously, after the original date that I recorded it. Well, you know, there was some stuff that I left out. So now I'm going to add it to the episode. So when it drops, you'll be able you'll be able to hear it all at its entirety. There was some shout outs that I forgot. You know, I got to get back to doing my shout outs at the end of the episodes where I shout out you know, players or whatnot for a certain accomplishments or whatnot. And there's a couple of shout outs that I left out that I want to bring up. And the first shout out will be to Minnesota Lynx forward, Nafisia, uh, hopefully I'm saying her name right, uh, Nafisia Collier. Uh, she had made her return to the WNBA uh, this past weekend. Uh, well, last weekend. She made her return to the WNBA after just delivering her baby three months ago. So we definitely, definitely want to salute her for that. Um, Obviously, she's not the first to do this. You know, I believe Candace Parker did it when she gave birth. I believe Cheryl Swoops did it, uh, I think, in 97 or 98. One of those years where the Comets, you know, have won the championship. Um, So... It's just dope to see that she has her baby three months ago and then decides to say, you know what, let me come back. I think more of a reason on why she came back was because, listen, the WNBA playoffs is going to be something crazy this year. But the race itself is going to be even bananas because there's only two spots left for the WNBA playoffs and... The race is crazy right now. It's only two spots left. There's only two spots left. Seven to eight. And you got about four teams. Five, if you count the Sparks, fighting for these last two spots. And these teams is a game and a half away from each other. They're a game apart or a game and a half apart. So you got the Minnesota Lynx, the Atlanta Dream, the New York Liberty, the Phoenix Mercury, and the Los Angeles Sparks. But we're going to take the Sparks out. I really don't think that they're going to make it. And it ain't that many games left. It ain't that many games left. I honestly think that it's only probably two games left, three games left. Basically, after this weekend, the WNBA regular season is over. So it's going to be very interesting to see which two teams gets those spots because I know Dallas right now, luckily for them, they just clinched their playoff spot. And they they clinched it at the perfect time because 
you know, the best player on that team, uh, Arake, uh, 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 listen, I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I don't want to muffle it. Number 24 that that used to, that, that played at Notre Dame and Kobe was her favorite player. You know, Arike, I know that I, I know that's her first name. I do not want to muffle her last name, so I apologize, Queen, but she just sustained an injury not too long ago and they said that she's out for the rest of the regular season and possibly out for their first round matchup. So that's going to hurt them on that's going to hurt them on the long run because they made the playoffs, but they're going to miss her in the first round. And if the playoffs started today, the way the playoffs are set up now, three plays six, and they would have to play the experienced Connecticut Sun. So get well soon, Arike. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, through the grace of God, you heal to where you'll be back with your, with, with your squad for the WNBA playoffs. Uh, another shout out from the WNBA. Um, well, first, I also want to say get well soon to Diana Tarazi. Uh, she is done for the rest of the regular season and possibly, possibly the playoffs. If, if the Mercury was to make the playoffs, if they was to make the playoffs, who knows? She she might have the same fate as Arike, and she'll probably be out, you know, the first round. Uh, she sustained a quad injury, so she's going to be out the last remaining games for the Phoenix Mercury as well. Uh, another shout out that I have to that I have to display would go to New York Liberty star Sabrina. Yonescu, and the reason being is because she is the first WNBA player in history. In history, I'm gonna say that again. She's the first player in WNBA history to have garnered up 500 points, 200 rebounds, and 200 assists in a single season. I'm gonna say that again. 500 points. 200 rebounds, 200 assists in a single season. Candace has never done that. Lisa Leslie has never done that. Sue Bird has never done that. Diana Taurasi has never done that. Cynthia Cooper has never done that. All these greats have never done it. And Sabrina Unescu in her third season has already done that. I can tell you one thing. I know the man... The Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, I know he's up in them clouds smiling away because his protege has been having that mama mentality this season. And to her defense, she did say that this was probably the healthiest that she's ever been since she's been in the league. And this is her third year. The first two years, she dealt with injuries. And now look. The, 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 the year that she said that she was the healthiest, look, just amazing, just amazing. So shout out to Sabrina Yonescu for that. Uh, those were two shout outs. I believe I have one more. I believe I have one more. Yes, I have one more, but this is not, I don't know. Candace, I forgot. Candace, I'm bugging. What the hell is wrong with me? I got I, I to gotta shout out my girl Candace. 
I got to shout out my girl. Yeah, and shout out to Candace Parker. Uh, she had uh, reached the milestone just recently. Uh, I believe it was 600 career blocks in WNBA history. I believe she's in the top three of career blocks in WNBA history. She she she's just been she's she's been she's just been having some milestones this season, you know. I'm sure I've mentioned them in recent episodes. So you know, for the bonus content for this episode, I had to mention you know 600 career blocks. So y'all already know I'm a Candace Parker guy. So you know I had to you know add a little something here for Candace. So congratulations, Candace, on this milestone on 600 career blocks. And I have one more shout out, and it's not nothing with the WNBA. It is the Little League World Series. We're now in the month of August, so August is Little League World Series time. You know, you know, teams across the country compete to go to Rivers, Rivers, Williamsport, part itself. They go to Williamsport to play in the Little League World Series, but these Little League World Series is regional, okay? I was watching the game a few days ago. Uh, I believe it was the Eastern team from Texas because they, they have a Western team from Texas and an Eastern team from Texas, and I, I, I believe both of them are trying to slug it out to see who will eventually go to Williamsport to play in the official Little League World Series. A pitcher by the name of Caden Sheldon threw a routine pitch, you know, like he usually does to batters. Not trying to hit them on purpose, but he's throwing a pitch to a batter by the name of Isaiah Jarvis. I like that name, Isaiah. My godson's name is Isaiah. Rocks the kid. It was a hard like it it, it, it. it was a hard hit too. Obviously, we know it wasn't intentional. Caden Sheldon was so uncontrollable in his sorrow. He was on that pitcher's mound, crying like a baby. And I'm not making fun of him, because I mean it's Little League World Series. I believe this kid could be no more than. 10 to 12 years old, because I think that's the, you know, the, the regulation. I think you have to be 10 to 12 years old to play. Well, you have to be up to 12 years old to play. And you couldn't have had, and you and if you did, if you was 13, I believe you would have had to be 13 before, like, like, like before a certain day for you to be able to make the Little League World Series. But the, the point is this. The young man was so uncontrollable in his sadness that he had hit this player that the kid that got hit, Isaiah Jarvis, took his helmet off as he was on first base because he took his base. He took his helmet off, walked over to the pitcher's mound, well, jogged over to the pitcher's mound and just gave Sheldon a big hug and consulted him. That's what sportsmanship is about. I watched that in my house and I, I got, listen, listen, I got goosebumps watching that. 
I got my ass off my reclining chair and stood up for a round of applause for what these young men have done. That was such a that that was a beautiful thing to see. And whoever their parents are, raise them right. Because that's what sportsmanship is about. That's what sportsmanship is about. Now, obviously, I don't know who won because I had to leave to go to work. But to see that was amazing. So that definitely was a, a touching display of sportsmanship in this qualifying game for the Little League World Series. So those were my shout outs. This was the extra content for Sportsway with Dre Day podcast episode 266. So now we could bounce up out of here. Catch out on the flip side. Y'all be safe. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.